Go ahead, talk well, about Well, the that. only way you can weapon only way you can become a weapon is if you know the man needs something that you can only give. Mm-hmm. See, men can't really weaponize their body against women. Well, that lets you know the difference. <laughs> it lets you know that men need to eat. Yeah. It takes you back to that eating. We yeah. need to eat. Like yeah. if, <laughs> if that wasn't the case, your body couldn't be a weapon. Yep. And so what women will do to try to either manipulate the man to do something, okay, force him into obedience, force him into repentance, force him into giving her something that she's not getting. Yep. And if you ain't getting it, you ain't getting nothing. You ain't you getting just, it. You yep. know what I'm saying? Yep. And so um, that weaponization, what I encourage women is to never use your body as a weapon. I'm Latarius R. and welcome to the Dear Future Wifey Podcast. Welcome to the Dear Future Wifey Podcast. I'm your host, Latarius R. Whitfield. Hey, listen, before you do anything, can you please stop shacking up with us and subscribe? Come on, let's make a commitment. Uh, I've looked at the analytics and I see a lot of people are sharing our videos, which I'm so grateful for, but it's like a 50-50% um, of subscriptions. So from viewership to subscriptions. So let's hit that 50K mark this season. I'll be so thankful for it. Listen, today's episode is about to get hot and steamy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we about to make some. Listen, it's going to be really dope. I got my boy. We're going to cut up. It's going to be a really, really great e- episode. Um, this brother is a pastor. Now, I know when you hear the word pastor, you're going to be like, oh, God, it's going to be all uptight or whatever. Nah, this this is not this dude. Uh, matter of fact, I may try to get him if he got some some poems at the top of his head, may spit, <laughs> spit a few bars or something because this dude is really, really dope. But he's a pastor of Oak Cliff Bible Fellowship, son of the world-renowned Dr. To Tony Evans, man, that's my boy. He's actually counseled me. Um, yeah, I almost had a little moment right here because I, because <laughs> he's the person that actually um, planted some seeds in my heart in order to get me to this place that I'm in right now. Um, so yeah, it's a special place. Hopefully, in the future, I'll be able to have him on the podcast. But this brother is a pastor of Clip Bible Fellowship. Um, this brother, uh, he's a chaplain of the. Dallas Cowboys. That's right. That's right. That's the home team. We in Dallas, Texas representing. So that's what's up. And man, he's just an all around dope dude. He's a spoken word artist. Uh, He's joined by his dope wife. She's the reason why he's able to do everything in the spirit of excellence because she holds it down for him. Uh, Welcome to the Dear Future Wifey podcast. Without further ado, my boy, Jonathan and Kanika Evans. Yeah, it's good to be here. Man. Excited to be up in here with you. Man, listen, man, I've been wanting to have y'all on for a while. (laughs) Yeah, we've been talking. But listen, season three, we're tackling marriage. We're tackling all things marriage. Uh, we're going to um, later on the season, we're going to unpack the wedding vows. And one thing that I noticed from you guys, y'all, y'all operate in tandem. Y'all are a dope team. How did yeah. that come about? Well, I think the most important thing is that that teamwork. You know, Kanika would always tell me literally in the middle of our arguments, in the middle of our disagreements, mm-hmm. she's like, hey, don't don't forget we're a team. Really? Yeah. So she's 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 putting me back. Oh yeah yeah yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> oh yeah yeah yeah. Because when you when you yeah you when you you're, you're like oh yeah yeah okay. oh yeah we're a team. So she would always say you know we're a team. And so coming into that and you know being able to watch my parents as well. Yes. And uh, being able to see that that teamwork makes the dream work. Is one yes. Of the guy, one of my favorite guys would say. And so you know that's just that's what a union is. That's what it's supposed to be. That's how you move forward. I mean, a house divided can't stand. Yeah. And so uh, the more that you're dealing in selfishness, the more that you're dealing in me, myself, and I. Yeah. 
uh, the more that you're dealing in uh, your own feelings without being an active listener and not willing to sit in there is the less you'll be able to build a legacy. Yes. Can't build a legacy without the team. So listen, man, and Kanika, I know you can talk about this. You watched a dynamic woman love a husband on a high level. And that's, uh, that's uh, Lois Evans. Mm -hmm. Yep. What kind of wisdom did you glean from her? You got a chance to get a seat up close and personal. And y'all been married for a long time. Like y'all been married, what, 15 years? Yeah, 15. 15 years and you got a chance to see mm. a wife love and serve and take care of her family and uh, support her husband. What, what kind of wisdom did you glean from her? Really, I just saw her, I could see her influence, but it wasn't always I mean, it rarely was boisterous or loud. Mm -hmm. It was just subtle, you know, even just with your dad, you know, just subtle touches. He just kind of. Yeah, and it would influence everything. Yeah. Them touches, boy. <laughs> Them touches. <laughs> Them touches and sometimes that look yeah. from across the room, it would influence everything. And I would see the change. I'd be like, yeah, I'm a, you would yeah, see she, the change? Yeah, I would see Instantly. the change. Yeah, immediately. Yeah. But yeah, but I, you know, a lot of times I'm like, man, you, I remind you all mm -hmm. the time, I'm like, man, you're just like my mom. Just in, just in, I mean, she homeschools all five kids. We got five kids. Five. Yeah, let's right. count them. One, two, you know three, four, five. <laughs> we got five kids, 12 to two. Mm -hmm. God. And uh, this this woman right here homeschools all of them, even the two-year-olds in homeschool because it's potty training. So, <laughs> so, we got, so we got all of that going on. But just to re remember the, the things that my mom, you know, for those of you who don't know, my mom's gone now to be with the Lord. So she's at home. Um, but just that influence just carries on. And I see my kids getting that same impact. Yeah. And so, you know, I know that they're going to raise up and call her blessed. So they're going to get knocked upside. Their head. <laughs> and that's real talk. So, so what made you decide to homeschool all these children? Well, the kids were all in school okay. prior to COVID. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then that last part of the school year, they all came home. Right. But it was all virtual. So I was logging into multiple Zoom calls. Mm -hmm. We didn't have enough devices for everybody. Yeah. It was just too much to keep up with. So we said, okay, let's take a year and just independently homeschool. So mm -hmm. I know what's going on with everybody. Be on your own schedule. Yeah. yeah. But it actually has been really great for our family. And um, it's allowed us to kind of vacation. You yeah. Know, out without having to worry about this is school school time. Yeah, because um, I travel. So the a lot. flexibility has been yeah. great for our family yeah. and just the togetherness. I mean, with five kids, that's enough for a classroom. So. Yeah, and a basketball team. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? They're gonna so. start their own charter school. That's yeah. Right. So it's been good because you know I when, when my traveling, I use my traveling as education. So I, I'll take one kid at that's a time good. on a trip. Mm -hmm. That's good. So that they can go with me. It's like a field trip. We're going, yes. we're going to Orlando with dad. We're going to Mississippi with dad, wherever that's I'm good. going. Yeah. And so they can sit there and watch me at my speaking engagements. They can sit there and kind of, you know, maybe sell resources if I yeah. have resources and kind of work. So they, get, they get real get world experience. Time, that one-on-one -on -one time with you. Too. Which is what I want is the one-on-one. -on -one well, let me tell you what's so, uh, what's, what's so dope about that as well. As a man, it puts a, um, a place of accountability around you because you can't go out there and wild out when you got a child right. with you. That's true. You right. know, so as a man, I, I applaud that because you're saying, hey, this is my accountability right here. Yeah, it's so, my accountability and this is what's important. There it is. Yeah. So. Yeah, that's dope. That's really, really dope. Y'all just got back from, from Disney World, Disneyland. Disney, Disney World. World. So we went Disney to Orlando World. for a week with five kids. <laughs> 
was like 90 degrees. It was 90 degrees, and she had that watch on. So we knew we was 15 to 20,000 steps a day. Yep. Oh, my We knew God. it. We looked at it. We were like, yeah, it's time to go to bed. So y'all need a vacation from the vacation. That's yeah. Right. <laughs> Do y'all get a chance to vacation much? We need to do it more. Yeah. Uh, you know, ministry is one of those things that never stops. Yeah. Um, it never stops. It keeps going. Uh, but we're trying to structure our life in a way to where we can make sure that we take care of home first. Because you can't, you know, you can't do ministry outside the home while the home is falling apart. Talk about it. So yeah. talk so about one it. of the things that we try to focus on is we have to make sure the home is first. Uh, before we're going outside of the home to make everybody else better. Yes. Um, I think you yes. do a good so job can't. of scheduling date nights too, yep. like purposely, or you've even scheduled a couple of away nights for me. Yep. So I'll just send her away. Out. We yeah. had a friend come over uh, the house and uh, she was like, Kanika, you ready? <laughs> she didn't know what was going I on. I had no idea. Yeah, no idea. She was like, ready for what? <laughs> I'm like, what are you doing here? And I kind of walked away smiling, you know. <laughs> And she looked at me like, what's happening? Mm-hmm. So she packed her bags and went to South Lake, you know, and stayed at the That's Hilton. Dope. Yeah. And she went to dinner and her friends were just sitting around the table. That's dope. Because mm-hmm. I, I have to bless my wife. My wife is at home with kids. And, and so men will come home like we tired. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she at home with, she five, at home with kids. five kids. I, I need to be thinking about how I can give her a break, how I can help yeah. out, how I can do those things. So that's kind of how my expectations, you know, have changed. Like my expectation is. When I think I need a break, give her one. Mm. Yeah, you know what I mean? And that's that team. That's that team. That's that's how marriage works. Yeah. You know, that the expectation can't always be on, you know, how they're supposed to respond to you. Your expectation needs to be on how you need to be responding to them. Mm. And if everybody's you said, doing when that, you, you think good. you need a break, give her a break. Give her one. When I turned 35, when I turned 35 on my birthday, I got her friends to come over, wake her up out of bed, take her to breakfast. Take, what else y'all do? We Go shopping? shopping. Yeah. We're shopping. So on my birthday, my gift to me was to gift to her. That's what I'm talking about. You know what I mean? And so people don't think like that. That's, but in marriage, yes. you got it. You know, so I, that was my birthday gift because yeah. I felt happy as a giver. That was a gift to me. So how did, how did that feel to you then? Did you feel I mean, like? I mean, amazing. I was shocked and I was like, really, babe? I know. It's kind of like feel bad. Did you feel guilty? Yeah. That's what I'm saying. You feel kind of good like, hold on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's you, hard to receive that sometimes. Yeah. So today's episode, see, uh, y'all did a live I saw on Instagram one day. And um, that was on Instagram, right? Where you did a live called yeah, we Sex Expectations? Yeah, we had Sex Expectations. And the whole series was on marriage. Yes. We did like an mm-hmm. eight-week series on marriage. We sat down just like this and just... And just talked. Just mm-hmm. talked and just poured into people based on our own experiences. Yeah. And so we had to do a two-part series in the eight-week series called Sex Expectations. Mm. Uh, because... You know what I'm saying? That's that's real. That's what it's about. So today's episode is affectionately <laughs> called Sexpectations. Now, where did you get this name from? She made it up. Go ahead, Kanika. What yeah. happened? Kanika what happened? Good. She, I don't know. Maybe I've heard it somewhere before, but we we were talking about we expectations. Were talking about expectations. Then we got to the part about sex, and I was like, Sexpectations. Yeah. <laughs> I, mean, I was like, Oh yeah, we're going with that one. We're going with that one. Yeah. So we we had a a good talk on that. So give us a little overview. So tell us what is the basis of the sex expectation talk? Well, the, you know, sex is a great, a great intimacy, right? Great intimacy in a marriage where um, God gives you the experience um, with one another that you get with him. Talk about See, it. the experience that you get with him is, you know, the Bible is, you know, it starts in a great place in the, in the, in the garden of Eden. Then you got all the work, 
you know, yeah. you know, to, yeah. to the sanctification, try to maintain that intimacy that you had. Yeah. Okay. And then you get the euphoria. Mm -hmm. See, the euphoria is at the end. <laughs> Everybody knows about that. Anybody know about euphoria? Yeah, at the yeah, end? yeah. Euphoria is at the end. You go to Revelations 22. Now you now you're in eternity. There it is. So those that had intimacy with Christ, those that did the work, get the euphoria. And so what Christ did is in a is in a uh, what is it? Micro. In a micro way, mm -hmm. yeah, um, lets us experience in a micro way what we're going to experience in a macro way. Talk about it, okay? And so that's the expectation um, that we have with one another, and just sex in general mm -hmm. is really giving us that experience. He's saying, "I'm going to let you experience in covenant with one another what you get to experience in covenant with me." And so, um, so we wanted to give that groundwork so people can see it. Oh, this is not just sex; it's right. God letting us experience the uh, the macro in the micro with with one another, and so that's how we got to kick that thing off. So you did a two part series on this, or you? Yeah, yeah, we did a two part series. So we were just we were just talking about a, you know, kind of the man's expectations. Yeah. Then we just did the woman's expectations. So we tried to keep it as simple as possible. You can go on and on. Yeah, you can go we on wanted, and on. Wanted to keep it as simple as possible so people can be like, oh, okay, okay, okay. You know what I'm saying? And become givers and not just receivers. So let's talk about that from a male standpoint. Uh, from a male standpoint, do you feel that most men, we're always looking to receive rather than give? Yeah, well, kind of. Because men, men want to get, men want to please right. th their woman. Right. So we want to give, we want to please. Uh, but a lot of times men can be entitled, yeah. especially when if you're if you're married, you're mm -hmm. like we married. So, you know what <laughs> you, I'm saying? You're like, supposed to make it do what it do. Yeah, we're supposed yeah. to make it do what it do. We're yeah. married. And, you know, Christ has something different to say about that, because the reality is that he tells us in First John, he says that if you walk in the light, you will have fellowship with me. Meaning if you're not walking a certain way, we don't have intimacy. And so a lot of men will say, why aren't you having sex with me? Why aren't we having the intimacy? And the woman is like, because you don't walk with me. You know what I'm saying? You don't. The, men need to understand that physical intimacy is simply embedded in continual intimacy. And so if you don't have continual intimacy, you can't be entitled to physical intimacy. You see what I'm saying? So what, what I don't think they understand. That. I, need you, I need you to break that down a little bit more. I need you to break it down on an elementary school level so that they can apply it. What would that look like applied? Yeah. So what that looks like applied. And I try to keep it so simple because the gospel teaches you, the, the Bible teaches you. What do you do with God to have an intimate relationship with him? Keep it simple. Yeah. Well, well, I get to know him. Yep. I, you know, I read his word. I talk to him. I pray. You know what I'm saying? I give him honor. I praise him. I worship him. I give him value. You know what I'm saying? And the Bible says meditate on my word day and night. So he's so so what the wife wants, the man is thinking, man, that's too much. Yes. But what you're saying by saying that's too much is you're saying, Jesus, you're too much. Because what you're asking me to do is really no different than what she's asking. Yes. Me. But I'm saying she's too much. So really, I'm looking at Christ and I'm saying you're too much. And Christ is saying, lady, it's okay. I understand because the way he treating you is the way the same way he treat me. He wants all the benefits, but he don't want to walk with me. You see what I'm saying? And so really, it you know, we talked about um, we talked about time, uh, talk and tribute. So That's good. Can, if you can keep it in those three things. That the Bible says in First Peter three, it talks about the the man understanding his wife. Yeah. Well, the only way you can understand your wife is through talk. Yeah, you're gonna talk to her. Talk and time. 
you know, women love quality time. Yes. You know what I mean? And we come home, we just like, hey, yeah. you know <laughs> I don't feel like talking, I don't feel like doing what you I, want. I feel like, I don't feel like talking, I feel like doing all that. But then we rolled over and tapped <laughs> yeah, on the Yeah, like, hey, 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 hey. Exactly. Tap on you? that little hip right and there. she like this. <laughs> <laughs> so like, Joker, if you don't get up. You had no conversation with me. Ain't said nothing to me. You ain't said nothing to me. Tap, tap right there. You know what I mean? And yeah. so then, you know, you really know, you know, something, something gets coarse in us as men. When you get to the point where you're having sex with your wife, she's she's willing, but she ain't eager. Yeah, she, she's just yep. in the bed like this. And then you, you feel rejection. Yeah, yeah, now you, you know, feeling rejected. You know now. what I'm saying? You yeah. Know what I'm saying? But but you know you're getting coarse when you don't even feel rejected. Ooh. See see now you just getting what you want. Yep. You know what I'm saying? You just it don't even matter. Like I'm not even concerned. <laughs> I'm about not how you cons- feel. Yeah, I'm not even concerned about the fact that she ain't even involved. She's not even in this. She's not emotionally in it. She not g- mentally in it. Yeah, she's, she's out. She's not spiritually in it. For nah, sure. not she's at out. All. But you know what? I don't care. You know what? I don't care because you know what I'm saying. I'm getting mine. We call them the GM men. Get mine. <laughs> Get you mine. You, you just in- <laughs> you don't want to do no work you know? because we think. See, that's what we talked about. We we get entitled, and so we say, "Well, we married now." You know what I'm saying? So a lot of men won't get married because of that. They're, yeah, they have they a do. fear of that. The fear of that. And see, when I was married, uh, those that watch my podcast, I was married for two weeks shy of 10 years, been divorced five years. But I recall clearly that my wife would be like, like, you just you just think I'm supposed to just jump into it or whatever. I'm like, because <laughs> I'm going to have memories about, you know, before I got married and yeah, chicks yeah. I had sex with before that. Yeah. It didn't take all that work. So I'm saying, why is it that now we married <laughs> and it takes all this work? Like, yep. why don't you just, just get with the program? And yep. she was like, I'm not like those other girls. Ooh. And, and I was like... Ooh. I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing, but yeah. yes. <laughs> but 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 it's but it convicts me. Right. So even while you're saying that now, I'm going, dang, I remember and she would say that. Like she was like, give me foreplay. Give me foreplay. And yeah. foreplay yeah. starts way, way like, before like, you touching her. Yeah, way before you touch her. Early in the day. Hey, just thinking about you're so beautiful. I can't wait to see you later on. Hey, you're so this, this, this. Yeah. And just speaking to her and loving on her and giving the yeah. words of affirmation. And then and in times when I got it right. Yep. I come home and it'd be waiting for me. You know what I'm saying? Yep. But if yep. I got it wrong, she'd be like, I just don't feel like I'd be like, this, this is this is so frustrating. This is so yeah. frustrating. Mm-hmm. Because you know? because men are microwaves and women are crockpots. There it is. You know, it's it's a totally different ball game. We're we're totally different, but we have to look at those differences as good things. Yes. Because they still both are representative of who God is. Talk about it. We're made in his image. And so what I'm saying, so Christ wants that intimacy, but he also wants that time. You know what I'm saying? Christ wants us to experience that euphoria uh, together, but it, it still comes through the conduit of sanctification. Mm. So salvation is free. Okay, you get married. Okay, you know what I'm saying? You mm-hmm. said, yes, I do. Okay, we got that. But intimacy is work. Yes. And so what people don't realize is that the work, uh, that the intimacy comes through the conduit of working, you know, and falling in love with the work. When you fall in love with the work, then the, then the euphoria is just the cherry on top. Mm-mm-mm. When you yeah. fall in love with the work, when you fall in love with the work, and that's what that's what we've been doing, is that you know we just so we, in our house we just bless each other and praise each other. Good, like Good. you know we're talking about. Oh yeah, you doing? I see you doing that differently. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because you know it's work. Yeah, you know it's work. So, so she makes mention all the time, like, babe, you doing that? You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Just just those little things. Yes, it goes a long way. So that we're we're constantly no we're not perfect yeah. by any means but we working 
and we we love the work, which is why we love each other. Especially after 15 years for y'all still to be working and still saying we love each other and we still working. That's yeah. that's the work. That's the beauty of it is 15 years because I know y'all have probably seen a lot of couples that started out with y'all and just mm -hmm. didn't make it. Didn't make it past two years or three yeah. years or whatever. Yeah. Uh, and people, what is the biggest misconception about marriage, do you think? Getting to 15 years before you got married, which means y'all got married at what? You got married about 20, 21 or something? Yeah, yeah. We, well, no, I was 24. 24. She's older than me because I, okay. I had to upgrade. Yeah, you, you had to level up. You had to level up. <laughs> Get to the older woman. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So, I don't know. What do you think is the big? I think one of the things that you always say yep. is men marry women, women hoping they won't change. Mm. Women marry men hoping, hoping they, they will. will change. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> and you know a lot of men won't get married because they're afraid she'll change they're like nah i need you to i need you to stay the same what they're really saying is let me keep you insecure because if i can keep you insecure then you'll keep putting on what you need to put on to to try to gain that security because a lot of women are hoping, well, maybe he'll propose, or maybe he'll, you know what I'm saying? So they're trying to, they want security. Mm. There's a reason for that. I can go and explain that. But they want uh, th that security. And men know, men have learned that when she gets the security, that's when she tends to change or relax. So they purposely, <laughs> this ain't good, but they purposefully know, oh, no, no, no. I'm not trying to get married because it's better to leave you insecure and get what I want. Jonathan, talk about that. You're going to talk about that. Talk about that. You said you can go deeper in that. Why is that? Why well, is that? The, the woman's need from security comes from, okay, so in Genesis chapter 2, it talks about the, the man shall leave his mother and his father and be joined to his wife. Right. It doesn't say the wife shall leave her mother and father and be joined to her husband. So the way that it's supposed to work is a woman is never supposed to be without a father. See, if you if you look at a wedding, who brings the daughter? I know. Yeah, yeah. yeah so, yeah. so. The father brings the girl down the aisle and all she's all he's supposed to do is pass her to another one. Yep. What's the man supposed to do? He's supposed to protect. Provide. He's supposed to provide. Yep. Right. He's supposed to give that security in that garden that yes. Adam was called to do. Okay. He's supposed to have a job. Adam had, had to name the animals. <laughs> yeah. So he's supposed to do all of these things that the father was always doing. Yes. So that the, the way that God designed the woman is to always be in the protection of the father. You know what I mean? And that that goes with God, the father. To experience, um, to experience what God the Father does for us through the man yes. to the woman because of the order of creation. And uh, and so that's why the woman, you know, when she has that security, she can fall in. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? When yeah. she has that security, she was like, oh, I can relax. So we got, you know, women who say, oh, well, I'm a strong woman. Mm -hmm. And what they're saying is I've learned how to be without a father. And so I'm, I hear what you're saying, and I commend you for being a strong woman because of the, the lack of manhood that's out there. Yes. But the reality is it shouldn't be that way. She yes. should be a strong woman because she knows, shoot, I, I got a strong man. You know what I mean? And when a woman can fall into that, it's a whole nother ball game. You know what I mean? She can fall into it. And so that's what, you know, Kanika, you know, kind of learned to do. And maybe she can talk about that because... Okay, tell them about yeah, your, yeah. your upbringing okay. and just... So, I um, grew up in a single-parent household. My mom got married, like, when I was a teenager. But, essentially, my father lived in the same city with me my whole life, and I didn't see him for mul multiple years growing up. Um, so, I never had, like, that 
male presence in my life like that because even my grandfathers had already passed away before mm-hmm. I was born. So I never had that familial mm-hmm. male mm-hmm. presence. Like and he that. made promises. Right. And so th- that was that, he didn't that was fulfill. part of my break from yeah. him. Probably like in sixth grade, I said I was going to separate myself from him, not from anything my mother or anyone else ever said. It was from my own experience with him and him saying, I'm going to come pick you up. I'm going to spend time with you and not showing up. And so thankfully, the Lord gave me the ability to say, I'm just going to cut that off. At what age? Sixth grade. Really? At sixth grade, you cut that relationship Mm -hmm. off? At sixth grade, I know. Sixth grade, like <laughs> she was tired, but she, but that—that's her strength. That many times, you know, to finally say, uh, "I can't keep doing this," to myself, you know. Even though I wanted that relationship, I just had to cut it off. So that also was interesting in my dating sphere because I did not have tolerance for <laughs> yeah any kind of. <laughs> We're playing no games, right. huh? I was, like, just I, kinda, I, I was out there like. Yeah. <laughs> Okay. You <laughs> build a chopping block. Quick. <laughs> what what'd you say? Oh, you didn't call me? You say he's gonna call me, you got off work. Yeah, Cut out, right. out. <laughs> but it, for me it was that, you know, once I realized that because people need to understand that when you get married to a person, you're not just marrying the person, you're marrying yeah, the history. history. Yeah. Heck yeah. You're marrying all the history. <laughs> yeah. So, so you have to come into that. So for me, it was consistency. And so over time, as I spiritually matured, she was able to lean into that consistency. Okay he can do what I've never had. Mm-hmm. I can lean in. I can rest. God wants to give us that, that rest. Matthew 11, come to me, all you who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Mm. Take my yoke upon you. Okay. Mm. Learn from me. You know what I mean? And so it's important to understand that a woman's not going to lean in unless she experiences the consistency that let her, lets her know she can. Why don't you just sit, just let that settle right there. <laughs> <laughs> Because I have these conversations with my homegirls all the time, and I was like, why do you keep rewarding bad behavior? You have these guys that are so inconsistent, and you keep trying to force him to be consistent. It's like you, mm-hmm. and it's like he he's inconsistent. So why yep. why are you keep dealing with that? And then you find yourself hurt, and then you spend two, three years with somebody that's always been inconsistent. Yep. And you're like, well, and then they actually leave you, and then you're like, why did this end up like this? Well, he showed you at the very yeah, beginning. he showed you at the beginning, and and – what they're trying to do is 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 manipulate, not in a bad way. Yeah. But they're they're trying they're trying to make him be the father. There it in is. In other words, they're they're trying to make him do what Adam was doing, what Adam was created to do, and they're trying to get that because that's the place of rest. But the only person who can give that to Adam is God. Eve didn't give that to Adam. Eve came about when Adam was already in God's presence. When Adam was already had a job, when Adam was already consistent with God, that's when Eve showed up. Eve didn't show up and make Adam what God made him. So a woman will drive herself nuts. Yep. Trying to change him. Listen to me. Yeah. You will drive yourself <laughs> bananas because watch this. If God hadn't changed him. Come on. What makes you think that you're going to have more power than God to change someone that that, that hasn't changed for God yet? So it's important <laughs> Uh, to understand that, and even in First Peter three, I'm going off. Go, 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 go! First Peter three, we talked about that. It says if you're living with an unbelieving man, in other words, he's tripping. Bottom line is he's tripping. The Bible tells the woman, "Don't talk to him." Now it's not saying don't say anything. Not silent treatment. Not silent yeah. treatment. What it's saying is the, the Bible says, "Shh, 
Yeah. He says, let him be changed by the word of God through your example. Okay. What a lot of women try to do is they try to change him with their mouth. That is the, that is the, that you, 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 you talk, talk, so, so you can read it. First Peter three, starting at verse one, it'll just, it just walks you down what to do. Women think that if, if I can out talk him yes. or if I can say this to him, I've got him. Yes. Really, the more you talk, the more you push him away. Yes. What happens is the testosterone in the man builds up and all he's doing now is competing with you. There it is. So it's not going to go anywhere. But God says, shh, live this way. Do what I tell you to do. Learn from me. Take my yoke upon you. Okay. Okay. And when you, when you do what I tell you to do, he will, he will be changed by your example from my word. Well, how in the world did he get God's word if I didn't say anything? He watched you. And then watch this. Watch this, ladies. What a man will do when you're not talking, but when you're living, is that he, that same competitive nature, he will then begin to self-talk himself. He will, he will then begin to say, he will then begin to say, man, I'm tripping. My, my, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> yes. My, my wife is... And she she loving on me. She going yes. to church. She faithful. She she doing these things. She do. so then he begins to say, she doing better than me. So that same competitive nature that pushes him away when you're talking, is the same competitive nature that draws him near when you're not. You better talk about it. I don't think they understand that. Kanika, it's a big can, deal. Can you testify to that? Oh, hundred percent. She does it all the time, and I see her doing it. You know what I'm saying? Like. I, I see you're doing it, but yeah, I, let me, let me let you even talk further. You know, in first Peter three, it talks about women having a gentle and quiet spirit. Yes. And, um, one of the things that I like to highlight is it doesn't say just have a gentle and quiet mouth. So mm -hmm. just because you're not saying anything doesn't mean your spirit isn't saying something. Ooh. So the eye rolls, the neck rolls, the slamming doors, slamming stuff down. All of that is so loud. That it talks louder than, yeah, than you. Then yeah. You're still not quiet. Because it's a spirit about it. Mm -hmm. There it is. And, and God is saying, that's what gets him. Yeah. That's what gets him. Because then he say, then he starts saying to himself, man, yeah, I'm tripping. Like he, he has quiet time. And the spirit begins to get to him by her actions. Mm -hmm. And so it's really her being consistent. And, and listen, we're talking about expectations. All this goes into that. Uh, all, I know. All, all this, I know. All this goes into yeah, the intimacy. That's intimacy that leads to the euphoria. There it is. You know what I'm saying? There so it is. I think that's important. But that's just you know we just talking. No, so. yeah, yeah, we talking, but we here now. <laughs> we we here now. <laughs> we in this thing now. So so when you when you look at it, when y'all look at 15 years of marriage, five kids that y'all set out to say we wanted five kids. Who was the one that was wanting the kids? And at well, first, I did not say four or I five. Think and we you said three, said or three or four. Three to four. Yes. Yeah, because I grew up as an only child. I have several half siblings, but I never had siblings in the house with me. Okay, growing up, so I always knew I wanted a big family because I didn't like being an only child. And I wanted a big family because I'm from a big family. Yeah, <laughs> so, it so it worked out. So it worked out. It's, it's I was done at four. I was like, oh yeah, we good. We got two boys, two girls. That's perfect. You know what I'm saying? That's perfect. I'm done. And then she came to me and said, I don't feel done. And I said. Uh, you don't. <laughs> you don't. You don't feel done. You know I was like, but I didn't want to be the guy again giving. Mm -hmm. I didn't want to be the guy um, to 
to cut me off. To cut yeah, me off. yeah. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't want to, so that when we 60, she's like, yeah, you cut me off. You yeah. know what I mean? And, and so then we prayed about it, and the Lord just started showing us signs of, of yes. another child. Oh, yeah. Of another we child. We were meeting people that had five, like somebody over and over again that yeah. had five kids because we were also worried about his travel schedule and his, yeah, mindset. how do you do that with five kids? So we ran into one of his football buddies that was still playing in the NFL mm-hmm. and how they balance having five kids with the husband being away. And then um, we talked to him. And the wife pastor. said, do it. You should do it. Yeah. yeah I mean, it was, <laughs> I mean, we were like we this. Were okay, God. Like, oh, my God. Okay. All right. We're going to okay, do it. Okay, God. She said, my name's not God. Oh, I'm sorry. We're just yeah. having this inner monologue right now. Yeah. <laughs> and then we talked to a pastor, uh, John Jenkins. That yep. Has John six Jenkins kids. in Maryland. Six. He's got six kids. Uh, uh, Glenn Arden. Big mm-hmm. church in Maryland, mm-hmm. great friend of my dad. He has six. And he was like, oh, yeah. God's calling you to do it. That's why you're asking. Wow. That's why you keep. You can't get away from it. God's calling you to do it. And we were like. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Be careful for what you pray for. Yeah. Then is, God starts giving you answers. Yeah, and you start like, getting scared. Ah, yeah. <laughs> you start saying, well, maybe that's not God. Boy, what, what do you think it is? You just pray yep. the prayer and just yep. come into manifestation. It's crazy. And what would you do without number five? Oh. I mean, sweet Jade, she got daddy, you know. What did number five do to you? She just messed up my whole life. I mean, all three of my girls, you know, they just in different ways. But it's just, you know, we named her Jade Winter because, you know, Mm. my cousin Winter passed away in 2018. Well, I was pregnant with her. Yeah. And I actually had two miscarriages right before I got pregnant with her. And Winter was one of my best friends. Yes, she was. She was praying with me just praying for this pregnancy to make it and all of those things. And then she passed away in July. Then we have the Suddenly. baby on the first day of winter. Yeah. So that baby. was a girl. We didn't know what we were having. We never find out. And so it was a girl, Jade Winter. I mean, just, yep. you know. So we named her Winter. Yeah. Born on the first day of winter is a girl. Winter's husband was there at the hospital to hold Winter after losing Winter six months earlier. So it's crazy. But that's, again, you know, that's just. You know, God is so dope. Yeah, yeah. When, when, yeah. those little details. Yes, yeah. people do it. God, that's just by chance. No, it's no, no, not. No, no, no. It's impossible to yeah. to, to yeah. relegate that just to chance. Because we would have we would have had to have sex at the right time. Yes, her get pregnant at the right and, time. And winter had to pass away at Mr. the right had time. To pass away. <laughs> then 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 on the first day of winter, her name is winter. I mean, <laughs> only God can yeah. string that together. Without much thought, he just. I'm trying my best not to run around the studio because <laughs> I love it when I see God show up yeah. so specifically. Yeah. Where yeah. where where you can't orchestrate, you can't say, you can't outthink him out yeah, of it. You God be like, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. You never just go and take me out of it, and you be like, well, I mean, but you got to think that, uh, and you just look stupid. So yeah. you just got it. You might as well to just say, okay, God, you did that. Yeah. Like because yeah. there's nobody like that, and then and it's crazy because I'm thinking about. Winter, who was such a dope spirit. I mean, she mm-hmm. was amazing. And even when you speak about your fifth child, it's like you're just lighting up. You know what I'm yeah. saying? It's yeah. like, do you feel like she's carried, she carries some of the same spirit as Winter? I talk about it all oh, yeah. the time. Yeah. yeah. And when she walks around, I was like, that's how Winter walks. I mean, she she got the same little waddle. I mean, she got the same <laughs> little, it, it's the same thing. So I'm like, look at, we were just talking about it. I said, look at little Wint. <laughs> look at little Wint over there. Yeah. You know, we can see it. But you know, that all came from giving because she wanted something and I didn't talk about it. You know what I mean? I was, I was like, nah, I'm good. You know what I'm saying? So I could have done the man thing and be like, no, we're good based on how, but you know, we live once we're going to live once together. 
And she's asking for something. You said we live once, we're going to live once together. That's right. I need that to marinate right there. Yeah, that's it. We're going to live once together. We're going to just live once together. So, so if we're going to do this once and we're going to do it once together, we're going to have another child. I mean, I'm not going to, you know what I mean? And so when you give, then there's God has a way to return God has a re- way to return that unselfishness, and that's a part of that's a part of intimacy. Is that when when two people are givers in a marriage and not receivers? See, a lot of people are receivers. Yes, they come in with expectations of what you're supposed to do for me. Okay? Yes, that's why most people leave the relationship feeling robbed. You feel robbed, well, because you just you just spent all this time with a taker, and you didn't even realize you were a taker yourself. But when both people are looking for ways to give, that's when that's where the blessings just start flowing. That's where the intimacy goes to another level. And we talked about that from the women's side too. Yeah. Because you kind of did the men's side. Mm-hmm. And so um talk about Kanika. Let's, let's talk about the women. My educational background, I'm a physical therapist. So tons of science and health and all of those kind of classes I had in school. And um, so I like to look at when we were talking about sex expectations, I was thinking about it from the biological standpoint, okay? So um, for some people that may know psychology, there's this thing called Maslow's Hierarchy of Needs, okay? Yes, sure you, they can hear you. Yeah, let's pull that up right there. Probably, they probably need to tighten the side of it up. That's all right. Yeah, tighten, right make it happen. tighten it. Tighten it. There it is. Perfect. There we go. Yeah, make sure you can hear it. Yes. And so if you, if you look up Maslow's Hierarchy of Needs, it's basically a pyramid And at the bottom are the things that you need to survive. And you can't reach the higher things like reaching your goals in life and your dreams and your aspirations. You can't get to the top of the pyramid unless the base is taken care of. The things that are at the base are food, shelter, clothing, all the basic things you need. Sex is one of the things that's at the bottom. Sex was at the bottom. Really? It was a basic thing. And so we talked about in our discussion how that is a physical need for humans, especially men. I mean, it just is. And so as wives, we have to be, um, we have to know that and know that that's something our husband needs. So just because he's saying, oh, babe, I'm going to give you a break. That doesn't mean we just say, oh, okay. And we can't just keep being takers from yeah. the same vantage point. We can't keep being takers. We need to give. And so um, one of the other things I talked about was just women, how men basically have this steady cycle. Of we ready all the I'm time. ready mm-hmm. all the time. Testosterone yep. is there. Yep. Let's go. Any time of day. Yep. Any time of the month, I'm ready to go. Yep. Well, and with women, you know, we have this hormonal thing going every month with our cycle. Yeah. And so it's like a woman has her cycle, then all the way leading up to ovulation, her libido is increasing. Highest at ovulation because that's the time that your body naturally pregnant. wants to yeah. create. Yeah. And then after ovulation, it starts to go down. And so my um, thing that I was talking about was when you know you're you're on this high leading up and your libido is high, go go for it. Yeah. Go bless your man. Yeah. Amen. Yeah, don't wait. Don't wait. Yeah, yeah. Don't wait. Let the Lord use you. <laughs> <laughs> that's good. So um, I just think that's important to to keep, especially like my husband travels, so I gotta make sure he's taken care of. Yeah. Yeah, here. yeah. Send them out empty. <laughs> <laughs> That's what you got to do, yeah. man. And even if your husband doesn't travel, he goes. He might go to work every day. He's interacting with people every day. He's going to the store. He's going to the gym. Yep. Yep. Yeah, and and we live in a society today where clothes is no clothes. 
So that's just what it is. <laughs> yeah. And so when she's talking about that need, you know, this, the, the expectation for men from a woman's perspective, like thinking about a man is that men are primarily two things, visual and physical. Yep. Okay. Facts. And when I say that we're visual, we're, we're dangerously visual. Yeah. Okay. We're not just visual. Oh, she fine. No, we're, <laughs> we're dangerously visual. That's why Jesus said in Matthew chapter five, he's talking to the Sermon on the Mount. And he says, you say, if you commit adultery, it's a problem. I say, I say if you even look at it, but he says, I say, if you even look at a woman, which means who's his audience? He's talking about the man. He's talking about men. He's looking at men and he's saying, I say, if you even look at a woman. So he already knows. And you How say, you, you, and, uh, what is it? First Samuel, uh, first, uh, second Samuel, second Samuel chapter 11, David sees Bathsheba mm -hmm. in verse two. He's sleeping with her in verse four. Now, now watch this, watch this, watch this. David was a good man. Yep. yep See what I'm saying? Yep. And so it's not about good man. He's supposed to be. A man that, the guy's own heart. Yeah. <laughs> right. Watch this because you think it's just men. Yeah. Well, that's men. They, they, no, no, no. That's men. They just, they just nasty. They just want to, no, no, <laughs> yeah. no, no, no. We're made in the image of God. There it is. See, we shouldn't look down on each other yep. because Jesus is visual. Yep. He says in, in Revelations 19, that I, that I saw her, the bride of Christ, she was dressed in fine linen. In other words, he was he, he, he wants to see his bride a certain way. Preach. So we, we want to see our bride a certain way. Preach. Just like Jesus wants to see his bride a certain way. And so we can't um, just write that off as, mm -hmm. oh, they just, you know, we're made <laughs> in the image of God. But one of the things that, you know, we were talking about, about being visual is that, you know, a lot of times those things that, that women get in their, their, what is it, the bridal showers or the oh, lingerie, yeah, yeah. The, you know, the lingerie and all that stuff, that stuff be having cobwebs on it. Nobody be pulling that out. We ain't got time for that. We got kids. You know what I'm saying? We got, we got all of those different things. But remember, the man has to work. Yeah. And I don't mean work a job. I'm talking about sanctification. Yeah. In order to get intimacy, he needs to talk. He needs yes. to give time. He needs yes. To well, even for the woman, you say, well, that's too much work for me to put that on. But if you know a man is visual, then we need to do the work. There it is. It, it's a pull it back. If it got cobwebs on it, pull it out. <laughs> wipe them off. <laughs> and if you have the thought in your mind, that's too much work. <laughs> Talk about it. If you have the thought in your mind, oh, that's too much work. You know, well, women will get dressed for a lot of things. Talk about it and spend hours getting dressed for getting a lot dressed of things. For a lot of things but may not feel like it's necessary to do the work for their man. So, so those are the things that, that are, that's the work of intimacy mm -hmm. is knowing men are visual. He go out all day and ain't nobody got clothes on. <laughs> exactly. It, no. You don't even have to be at the gym. No, you just go outside. Just go outside. Tights is the new wear. Yes. For everything. Yes. Yeah. Yes. You know what I mean? And so we need to understand that men are visual and that's not wrong. But the other thing is visual and physical. Okay. So for us, we experience intimacy and I experience closeness with my wife and all of those different things physically. Yes. So when, when Kanika says, um, you know, the, what is it? The, the, hierarchy. the hierarchy. The hierarchy of needs. And sex is at the bottom. Well, women, okay, for men, sex is like eating. Yeah. It's not just something we want to do. Yeah. It's something we need to yep. do. Yeah. Yep. And, and that's how we are. Sex is like eating. And in the Songs of Solomon, the woman says um, in Songs of Solomon, chapter four, verse 16, she says, come into my garden and eat from its choice fruits. Preach. So she knows he needs to eat. And the best place for him to eat is in a garden. 
But if if the garden is closed, talk because the man needs to eat, he'll find fast food. You better talk about so, this poetry. Do, do, do you so, hear this? See, yeah, see, yeah, see Jonathan's yeah. a, a spoken word artist, so I, I know I know y'all flowing with this. Go ahead. He'll find fast food. He'll he'll find because he's gonna eat. He's gonna eat. Now that doesn't mean he's cheating on you physically, but it does. It does mean pornography. Yep. It does mean that his eyes are jacked when he sees these other women, and he, it's hard for him to keep the things that he wants to do with them out of his head and all that kind of stuff. Why? Because he's starving. Talk. And because the garden is closed, the healthy place mm -hmm. where he's supposed to be eating is closed. And so because that's closed and he's starving, then now he's going into other places to get full. And then you wondering why he's out of shape in your relationship. Well, because he ain't eating right. Jonathan, you preaching. <laughs> Let me tell you something. You saving somebody's marriage right now. I'm oh, telling yeah. you. No I always feel something happen in the spirit realm. And I'm telling you, some, 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 it's some couples right now watching this episode that are like looking at each other like, I get it now. Y'all yeah, are yeah. talking where it's opening up some hearts and some minds and opening up something in the spirit realm for people to cleave to one another in a way that they've never cleaved to one another before. And so I want y'all to receive that. Whatever you're going through in your marriage yeah. right now, we speak blessings over it. We speak a place of healing over it right now. We want you to open up your hearts, your minds, your ears, and receive it. We we, we come. We rebuke the spirit of pride. We rebuke yeah, the spirit of rebellion, yeah. where you feel like, well, I don't need to hear what they're talking about. No, God is wanting to restore your marriage. God is wanting to restore your relationship. He said, what he has joined together, let no man put asunder. And that man can very well be you man mm -hmm. so you got to mm -hmm. be able to say you know what i'm not even going to get in the way of my own marriage and I, I i'm telling you this right here is blessing somebody yeah i'm gonna keep on no, no. i'm just i'm just here i'm i'm i'm, no, I'm in so, this thing. Okay, so where was i so so yeah so understanding that it is a need for man yes i mean it is and you equate it to food because after she says come into my garden and eat from his choice fruits then solomon responds and says i have come into your garden I have eaten this. I have drank that. So he's always, he's talking about, I've had the meal. I've, Talk I've, about I've, it. I've had my, my mm -hmm. fill. Okay. So he's talking about it in terms of food. Now watch this. Women want men to be attentive. Uh, they want men to be thoughtful. Yes. Uh, they want men to be caring. They want men to talk. They want men to have the conversations and all of that. But tell me how you feel and how you act when you starving. Mm. When you hungry, you can't tell me you ain't irritable. Yeah, you hangry. You hangry. <laughs> hangry. Yeah. Yeah. You can't tell me you ain't frustrated. Yeah. You can't tell me that that the only thing you can think about when you're starving is food. There it is. Well, what she's requesting of me is all these other things that I can't even think. I can't even think about anything else because I'm starving. There it is. And so for the man, it's important for him to not only eat, but it's important for him to eat in the right place. Okay? That's why she describes herself as a garden instead of men going to fast food of pornography, fast food of yes. you know, women watching and lusting and fast food of magazines and, yes. and all of those different things. And to the worst fast food of actually going to another yeah. woman. Um, those things happen because, you know, the gas stations closed, as one of my favorite preachers, Miles Monroe, said, if the gas station is closed then and you need gas... <laughs> You just got to go to another gas station. <laughs> you know, yeah. What, whether right or wrong, yeah, that's the just car facts. needs gas. Yeah. And it's it's a need for a man. It's not just something that he wants or that he just desires. Mm -hmm. So it's important. This keeps marriages flowing. And this is giving. 
on both sides. Yeah. That the man is giving. I'm giving time, talk, and tribute. Yes. I'm giving continual intimacy, not just trying to snatch up some physical intimacy. Yes. But the woman is giving. She's saying, I know he want to see. I'm going to give him something to see. And I know he need to eat. And I don't have a problem with that. You better talk about it. And so it. when both are giving, well, the woman wants to give him something to eat because he gives me all this time talking to him. He, he's always intimate with me. He texts me for no reason. Yes. And tells me that he loves me, how beautiful I am. Flowers show up for no reason. Like, I don't have to do it. He's just loving me just because. There it is. And so it becomes a, a love affair with the work. Mm -hmm. See? It becomes a love affair with the work. I always say that, you know, I want a wife that we compete with who can love each other the most, mm -hmm. where we're just always doing it. Like, look what I did for you. Look what I did for you. Yeah, okay, I yeah. got you. You got me on this date night. I'm, I'm going to get you the next one. And then yeah. you just and you just yeah. continue to impress each other and woo each other. And, and that's what I'm looking forward to. I know I had the Wolfers here. Uh, oh, yeah, in season yeah. two and so they have their standing date night and uh we talked about how much they keep that fire burning mm -hmm. you know and you know i've just been gleaning wisdom and knowledge from from the the thriving couples that i've had on my podcast because um as y'all know this is my personal journey as yeah. i discover uncover and recover love for myself taking the pain of my past the failures that i've made in the past uh, and saying you know what this is where i went astray in my past marriage I, I get a do-over and by the grace of God, I get an opportunity to sit my tail down and learn from God and learn mm -hmm. from godly wisdom and godly counsel and, and do it right the next time. Yeah, and so, down. and so that's what this whole process is about. And I'm, like I said, I'm doing my best to contain myself. Just yeah. listening, y'all. I'm like, ah, yeah, gosh, I want that. You know what I'm saying? Well, there's one thing that you said that I want to mention, uh, that I don't want to get away from mentioning. And you talked about how, you know, with your wife, you were like, well, my past did that. Why yep. you did? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And what happens is, is, is what what men will do a lot of times. Women will do it. Women do it too. They do it in a different way, but they, <laughs> they do it too because a lot of men will be in a relationship and be like, "Why are you tripping?" And it's because something you did triggered her about something he did. He did and yeah, the dude, that did something you don't even know who he is. You know, so so you so people do that. But what men have to be careful is, especially with sex expectations, mm -hmm. is making your wife. Become or perform your last five experiences. You got one woman trying to perform five jobs. Yeah, and then you mad at her because she's not meeting your expectation when your expectation of her is to be five people. <laughs> and, then she, and then she ain't with you no more because she's like, what is this? This is not even us. Mm -hmm. she, 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 women have that intuition. To They're able it, to yeah. experience. They, they know. That you you in here flipping me around, telling me, you <laughs> in here doing all this kind of stuff. Like, this thing, where where'd you you know where'd you get this from? Well, I want you to be. You can't have righteous sex from a sinful context, so you want to bring in the sinful context to a righteous arena, and wondering why the righteous arena is decaying and collapsing on itself. Talk about well, it's it. decaying and collapsing on itself because you brought all of that stuff from the past, and and you took you only took the highlights. There it is. So it's a highlight video. So so you only took the highlights from all your past stuff. Because there's things you didn't like about that either. There it is. So you only took the highlights. And you brought the highlights onto this one person. And it it is devastating for your for your marriage and your, your sex and your marriage. It's devastating when you don't just grow with your wife and your wife grow with you. And you just love each other. And you just have fun with each other. But you getting angry. But rather you getting angry that she's not meeting an expectation that she was never created to meet. 
So I think that's another. We got nuggets just flowing, but this all came mm. from our episodes yeah. of just talking through all of these things that people go through in in their marriage. What kind of feedback have y'all gotten? Oh, it's great. I mean, everything from people texting me like, hey, man, can we get counseling? Like, yeah. We need to, like, I'm listening to you, and I'm like, yeah, that's right. Like, yeah. I know the truth, but we ain't living it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So everything from that to just, you know what I'm saying, them comments with the fire. Like, I've had a, one girl <laughs> one girl said, man, I'm going to watch this because we'll put out the little clips on Instagram. Just yeah. a little clip. She's like, I'm going to get my husband and watch this tonight. Yeah. And it was about, you know, the clip was on um weaponization see women will weaponize their body against the man that's what i saw right there i saw that one come you on talk about yeah i'm gonna get comfortable so talk about that because i that's what i watch go ahead talk well about the that. only way you can weapon only way you can become a weapon is if you know the man needs something that you can only give see men can't really weaponize their body against women well, that lets you know the difference. It lets you know that men need to eat. Yeah. It takes you back to that eating. We yeah. need to eat. Like yeah. if, if that wasn't the case, your body couldn't be a weapon. Yep. And so what women will do to try to either manipulate the man to do something, okay, force him into obedience, force him into repentance, force him into giving her something that she's not getting. Yeah. And if you ain't getting it, you ain't getting nothing. You ain't you just, getting it. You yep. know what I'm saying? Yep. And so um, that weaponization, what I encourage women is to never use your body as a weapon mm. because you know what the man needs. Mm -hmm. Why? Because I tie everything to the gospel. You needed grace. Mm. In order for you to get grace, God had to give up his body. Jesus Christ gave up his body. He was he was bruised and and wounded. Okay, for our transgressions and iniquities. He gave up his body. What he didn't do is dangle his body as a carrot and say, when you obey, then I will give you my body. When, when, let me manipulate you. Let me let you know that the grace that you need to feed on, I got it. But I'm not going to give it to you unless you do. I'm going to force you into this law. I want you to be a law body. I want to manipulate you into repentance. I want you to say, I'm sorry first. I want you to be this type of person first before I give up my body. No, no, no. It was him giving up his body. He didn't use it as a weapon. He used it as a tool to bring relationship. Mm -hmm. And so when you understand the gospel, and I know what women are thinking, you're saying, well, what am I supposed to do? You're saying I'm supposed to, he tripping? You're saying I'm supposed to give up my body? No, I'm, I'm saying instead of being a weapon, you should communicate. Because you should want to give up your body because that's what Christ did, knowing we all needed to eat. You should want to do it, but you should say, you know what? I want to be in intimate relationship. I want to have sex with you. I want to be in the bed with you. I want to have that, but we need to go to counseling. Yes. There's some things that need to take place. Yes. And once the man sees that the table is open, see, with communication, it lets him know, oh, the kitchen's not closed. It's just that you know, it ain't clean. There's, yes. there, there's some, th it, it ain't, we got to wash dishes first. So we have something to eat on. If we don't wash dishes, we ain't got nothing to eat on. So once he sees that, once he recognizes that, then he knows, oh, okay, by grace, we will be saved. Not by force or by law. Gosh, you're teaching. That's all. That, that's just, that's just the gospel. When you understand the gospel, you understand your relationship. And what people do is that you cut in anytime, you know, I just started. What people do is they get married in a church to bring God into the relationship, and then they leave God at the altar when they go on the honeymoon. Talk about and it. everything breaks down from that point. 
The gospel is the starting point for every area of life. People understand the premise of the gospel. I get saved to go to heaven, but they don't understand the scope of the gospel. The scope of the gospel takes care of your entire life. Mm. It, it tells you exactly what to do. You look at what Jesus did in the gospel. It tells you to, how to be a husband. It tells you how to be a wife. It talks about uh, love and how to love in 1 Corinthians 13, when it talks about love is patient, love is kind. I mean, it tells you everything the gospel is and how we're supposed to respond in our, our marriages. So when it comes to weaponization, you want to think about that in terms of if Christ weaponized his body against you, there would be no relationship. And if there's no relationship, there will never be euphoria. All right, folks. Well, appreciate you having me on. We <laughs> yeah, I'm just, I'm just, I'm just gonna just sit here. I'm just, my goodness. And it's, it's, but it's fun stuff when you learn it. Mm -hmm. It's like, oh yeah, I got this. I got Have y'all ever been in a point with 15 years where y'all want to call it quits? Mm -mm. We've had hard points, but we've never said, you know, or if any one of us gave an inkling that we were so frustrated or we just, you know, you just kind of, I don't know if I can do this or, yeah. you know, you know, you just kind of yeah, yeah. say, then the other person would be at a place where they could check the other person. Good. You know what I mean? Like, and okay. Really that was probably we first got married, just yeah. getting used to each other. Yeah. Then one and two, you know what I'm yeah. saying? Mm -hmm. One, two and three mm -hmm. and four. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? When you're trying to get, get it all together and you're, you're just frustrated. And when you're frustrated and you're in your feelings, that's why mm -hmm. the, the Bible says the heart is the most deceitful of all and is desperately sick. Who can understand it? <laughs> because the heart boy will lead you right away from your legacy. <laughs> so It'll lead you right because you're frustrated. You're in your feelings. <laughs> yeah. And when the Bible tells you, do That's not real. trust your feelings, they're a roller coaster. They will change. They'll go on loop to loops. They'll go on hills. But do not trust them. Don't, don't give them your faith. Yeah. Right? And give I think me your it's faith. important just because in our culture, there are so many people that grow up in dysfunctional families. Yes. I mean, oh yeah. Such a high percentage yeah. of people do not grow up with two parents in the home. And so it's hard to say, I want this type of marriage and this type of relationship when you've never seen it. Yes. I mean, you kind of see it on yes. the outside, but you never have lived it. And I think that was really a blessing for you that trickled over to us because I remember even one point, like we got, I don't know if we were dating or married and we got into an argument and I was like, like that's not that's, that's normal. normal. <laughs> <laughs> I remember, and she was like, "I don't know. I'm just, you know, we got in an argument." And I was like, "That's the best argument I've ever been in in my life." What <laughs> was? I was like, "It was calm. <laughs> it was, it was know, calm, respectful. <laughs> I enjoyed it. You know what I mean? <laughs> he did. He did. But I think when you are on the outside looking in and you see people and you don't." you haven't seen the conflict that they have and yeah. how they resolve them, then you assume they must not hardly argue. Yeah. And that's not true. <laughs> not um, at all. Like, they just so don't even talk. For our kids, <laughs> right? Exactly. So even for our kids, we don't like, if we're having a disagreement, that doesn't mean we run to the other room and have it in private. Yeah. We want them to see, you know, it's normal how to, to resolve conflict. Yes. But, how did how did they work through that thing? You know, because they're watching too. They're just like, <laughs> yeah, they'll be watching. They'll be standing there looking because they're kind of in shock. Like, what's going to happen yeah. here? Normally, they're fussing at me. Now they're looking at each other. <laughs> so they get, you know, how kids get nosy when another kid getting a spanking. They want to come in the room. They like, you gonna spank him? You know what I mean? They do us the same way. They do us the same way. So, so we, I, I mean, I think it's that's helpful. good. 
um, for if one or both, or I think any relationship, even if both people come from a two-parent home, that was great. Um, I think it's important to have like a mentor couple. Yes. That's been in the game longer than you that can kind of hold you accountable and keep you in check and be like, oh, no, that's normal. Or y'all are good. Yeah, yeah have know? somebody. Or even in our small group. We were mm-hmm. in, in a small group with couples that had been married similar amounts of times as us. And so we would get into small group and... One person would say something. One husband would say something. All the husbands would be like, "Oh yeah, yeah I mean, I, I was only one." You gotta have that community. <laughs> yeah, doing it by yourself is—you're not called to do that. You feel like you're all alone, yeah. the only one dealing with it, and your marriage right. is worse than yeah. anybody's than marriage anybody. that ever walked yeah. the face of this earth. Yeah, and that's what I didn't have when I was married, and and I think that it was more bridled in um, pride mm-hmm. because I didn't feel like I needed. No one else to tell me anything. Right. Like I was like, men, I know what a marriage struggle be with like. that for sure. Yeah, like I don't need nobody. To, you know, I. It's my marriage. Yeah, it's my marriage. Yeah, y'all know. Didn't. Y'all don't know what I'm going through. Y'all don't understand this woman, and she thinking y'all don't understand this man. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. And it's like we never ever had accountability partners where, and we went through counseling um, closer to the beginning a couple of times in the middle, and then at the very end when I said I want the divorce, I was like I don't even want counseling. I'm finna go and, yeah, that's when you and out, just man. I just said we I'm finna go tell our marriage counselors that we getting a divorce. They're not gonna talk me out of this. This is what it's gonna be. Mm-hmm. And your dad ended up telling me after the divorce, I was divorced almost a year and he said do you think there's room for restoration mm-hmm. i said dr evans if you don't get somewhere and sit I know, down i, I am not we are good <laughs> we friends we actually cool we have made peace with it do you mind if i talk to her dr Ooh. evans no no don't talk to her i don't need you messing up nothing i got going on over here i am single don't do it he was like I'm gonna, I'm gonna reach out to it. Don't please I just know. leave stuff alone. Why are you all in my business? I'm good. Dr. You Listen, know, he's a fixer. Yeah, he's he was fixer. like, he's a pastor. And we were at uh, Carrington's um, um, wedding. Oh, yeah. I was shooting. I was shooting uh, her wedding, and he pulled me to the side. Is there room for restoration? I said, No. Well, he could keep after you too. I said, Why did you say that? We had a wedding. Let's. I'm working. That's probably why he said it. <laughs> <laughs> you had a wedding. <laughs> you had a wedding. You're like, hmm. Yeah. I said, man, it was crazy, but yeah, man, it's. But I wish I had that all along. It's mm-hmm. so huge. It's so huge. And Big. a lot of people, like I tell women, if you have a man that is not open to accountability, Ooh. that's mm-hmm. a problem. Like, it's a huge a problem. Flag. That's a sign. Yes. Yeah. Yes. yes. And, and that's one of the things that I said that I that I, now I safeguard myself with now, especially after I took a vow of abstinence back in uh, December. I did that on my podcast publicly. Uh, I had Pastor Conway uh, Edwards sit on my episode and I just said, hey, listen, I'll visit your church one day in January. And you spoke a word that convicted me. And I want you to be on the episode that I take a vow of abstinence. He was like, you know what? I usually don't do this, but. God is God has an anointing over your life. Let me go ahead and do it. And we did it that next week and it was so dope, but I've recognized the power of accountability. Yeah. Uh, whereas when I was in my twenties, just getting married, I was like, I got this. Yeah. I, I know. Yep. I know. What to yep. do. It's a, it's an immature statement. Very immature. Yeah. And, and we've all been through that. Cause I did it too. Yeah. In, like, co- in college, I was like, and I'm Tony Everson. You can't tell me. Nothing. Can't tell me you know nothing. And, that, and that's the problem. It's a huge problem. problem. It's like, and we be thinking that. And then, so hey, if you're getting married and you're, you know, 
Get some accountability partners. Get some brethren around you that's going to keep it real. Yeah. Not the ones that be like, man, you all just step out on the oh, cheat. Yeah. We all cheat. No, you need somebody yeah. to, to, you know, <laughs> to hold you and, and keep you lifted up and, uh, and to keep you covered. But, yeah, that's totally important. And we don't hear enough of that. You know, we, we, we believe as men that we we all got it together and we can figure it out. Yeah, I'm stay in my business. I don't even know all my business. Because women get together and they talk about yeah, their relationships. How's there. things with your family? Oh, yeah, my husband's this, this, this. Oh, you too. Men be like, oh, we good. We good. You good. Yeah. You know. We're good and we're bad. <laughs> bad. Whole relationship is going down in flames and like, now nah, we good. I mean, she, you know, she cool. We cool. We good. We good. Mm. And then next thing you know, you're getting a divorce. And they're like, I didn't even know y'all was yeah. going through a divorce. Like, yeah, yeah, we, I decided to get divorced. When y'all, how long you been divorced? Uh, about six months. Six <laughs> months? What? Hold on. Why didn't you tell us nothing? Man, I just, you know, I didn't want to bother y'all with my issues. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I didn't want to put my issues on y'all. You know, the like, enemy loves isolation. Loves it. Okay. Loves the it. enemy loves isolation. It wasn't until Jesus was isolated that the enemy came and tempted him. There it is. And so it, that isolation, you're just setting yourself up, you know, for failure. 100%. In that isolation. And so just know, we, we don't even need to go to accountability. Run into it. Yeah. I mean, you run into it. Like when you, you know, you need help. Everybody needs help. Yes. Yes. We run into accountability. Hey, I'm trying to do, I'm trying to do it right. I'm trying to be better. Let's, let's do it as a team. Mm -hmm. There you know it is. Saying? Run into it. Don't be ashamed of it. It's good. Well, Jonathan, Kanika, I could talk to y'all all day. Oh, yeah. Listen, yeah. listen, man, y'all, uh, you have a concert coming up. I bought some tickets. I yeah, bought some tickets to the Lecrae. Y'all went, I, I almost, I mean, it was only a couple of tables left and I had to go grab it or whatever. To, to Lecrae, I said, you know, I haven't had a chance to see Lecrae in concert, but that's one of my favorite rap artists yeah, yeah. and uh, just a dope individual. So um, when is that coming up? That's, that's June so listen, 5th. You guys, it's June the 5th. June the 5th, 7.30, doors open at 6.30, right? Mm -hmm. And it's at Texas Live in Arlington, yeah. in, Arlington the backyard in Arlington. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of an indoor, outdoor you know, it just has a roof on it. So it's yeah. going to be great. It's got, look, we got Lecrae. We got um, 1K Few. We got um, Anthony. My brother's going to yeah. be there singing. Gummy Girl Shy Speaks. Shy Speaks is going to be there. So if you in Dallas or surrounding areas, Fort Drive Worth, over here, Houston, yeah. Oklahoma. Yeah. Road trip. Road trip with yeah. some friends. Road trip, road trip with some friends and come on through because it's going to be a great time. It's going to be fun. And uh, you can get your tickets. Tickets right now are $20. Oh, so that's it's $20 yeah. to go to a Lecrae concert with many others. Yeah. And it's going to be great. So June the 5th, get your tickets. And you can do that by just going to ocbfchurch.org forward slash generate. Generate. ocbfchurch.org forward slash generate. So bring your whole crew, take a road trip, and we'll see you soon. It's going to be fun. I heard about this dope book you got coming out. What's the name of this book? Your Time Is Now. Your Time Is Now. So the book comes out. You can pre-order it, but it comes out June 8th. And so it's a unique book um, because I'm just going through how really – all of time is now. Mm -hmm. And so we're waiting for a now moment, not realizing that in the waiting, God is developing. And so you can't discount the development in the journey, waiting for this now moment that's already started. Mm -hmm. Your now moment is a compilation of all of your life. And so you need to realize and have confidence in what God is doing. And so your time is now. That's what that book is about. And it kind of journeys through my story, my mom, um, just being real, just like this podcast. Yeah. And so you can get that, you know, wherever books are sold. And it's unique because... Uh, it has a soundtrack. We took some of my messages and S1 put beats to them. And so mm. we got a soundtrack. S1. Um, and there's also QR codes that kind of take you through this this little movie. Uh, so as you read the book. You got a visual. You're going to be Beyonce yeah. up in this mug. Yeah. You're going to have a whole visual yeah. So we put a little, book. We put a little, you know, with the, with the little money I could put yeah. in there. <laughs> but but we, we, we put a little visual in there just to, type, just to tell a story so you can read and watch and That's listen. That's hot. So the whole I book like is that. an experience. I like that. I like that. So you that. can get that 
at wherever books are sold and write a review. Write a review for you. Boy. Yes, we'd, definitely. We'd love to hear what you think about definitely, it. So it's definitely, definitely write that. You know what? I, I, I shot, um, I took a part of the sermon that you spoke at your, the eulogy that you did for your mom. And that video went viral. What gave you not only the strength, but the, the wisdom and the wherewithal to eulogize your mom? Ooh, it, it really came from me telling God I'm not going to do it. Mm. it. It really came from with an unveiled face coming to God and saying, you tripping. Like, why didn't you do what we were praying for? Why didn't you show yes. your power? Like, why didn't you come through? Like, me coming at God wrong is how I built the strength because he came back at me. Like me coming at God and saying, you know, with my frustration, like this was the opportunity for you to show your glory, like to raise my mom up, to take her out of a, you know, to do what you did before. We wanted to see you do it again. Like I was, I was angry. Yeah. You had that Joe moment. Yeah. I was just like, come on, man, what do you, so, and then, you know, he just said, you know, Jonathan, you know, as you've heard, maybe some of you've heard the eulogy, but he just kind of said, Jonathan, you, you're coming at me wrong. First of all, I'm God. And uh, second of all, he said, you're a preacher and you don't even understand my victory. You tell people about my victory all the time. Obviously you don't understand it because he said, if you understood my victory, you wouldn't be complaining. If you understood, you think it was hard to watch your mom die. Think about how hard it was for me to watch my son die. And the reason why my son died is so your mom wouldn't die. So what you're looking at, you're not even looking at. She's either going to be healed or she's going to be healed. Those are the only two options. If you understand my victory, she's either going to be with family or she's going to be with family. Those are the only two options if you understand my victory. She's either going to be well or she's going to be well. See, the answer to your prayer, Jonathan, the whole time you were praying was always yes and yes. There's no other way out because I've already given you the victory. Mm -hmm. And so I was thought I was charging God up, and God said, shh, little boy, I've already given you the victory. And so for those of you who experience loss, um, Jesus has done the work. He's given you victory <laughs> on both sides. Mm -hmm. There's there's no way you lose. And that's what gave me the strength as I realized in the loss, I won. When Jesus took a loss and he died on the cross, we won. <laughs> he won when he lost. You know what I'm saying? And so when we understand that victory, we understand, oh, even when I feel the loss, I won. So I can operate in that strength. And so that's where it came from. God had to charge me up. <clears throat> When I was at a funeral, um, God convicted me so heavily because, uh, you know, I would produce all the plays at y'all church for the last five years, Christmas mm -hmm. and Easter. And your mom would come up to me at the end of the service and she'll be talking to me and telling me how much she enjoyed the show. Mm -hmm. But my eyes was on Dr. Tony Evans to hear his approval. And so I, she would be talking to me, mm -hmm. but I would be looking at him waiting for an opening and I'll be like, yeah, yeah. And then I'll walk over there to him. And when I sat in that funeral and heard that lady was a beast. Mm -hmm. And I said, I was so stupid. Like, like mm -hmm. I wish I would have, like, I just didn't know. I was like, this lady is, and she was so meek and humble, but she was a force in the kingdom. Mm -hmm. And I was like, God, please never let this happen again mm -hmm. to where I look past the, 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 I mean, she's anointed. She's mm -hmm. powerful. She is the force behind That's Dr. Tony testimony. Evans. That's and he good. says it all the time. And I said, and I was too busy. Thank you, Dr. Okay. I'll be right back. And I wish 
I could have just said, Dr. Evans can wait. I can call him on his personal cell phone. Let's talk. Yeah. And I felt so convicted in that. And I cried and I cried and I cried as mm. I just heard all her accomplishments and how dope she was and how many lives she changed and all this. And I was like, I never knew this. She is, mm -hmm. what? She never acted like that. I have a video that I shot with her and your dad that no one has seen yet. And it's a video I shot when they were opening up the, um, the Grove and they were they're talking and talking about the vision of, of the Grove. And that's one of the last videos that, that, that she ever recorded. Mm -hmm. And I shot that and I went back and looked at that um, about six months ago. And I looked at that and I just stared at her mm -hmm. and I just cried. Yeah. I just sat there in my office and I just cried. And I was like, gosh, she is so cool. And mm -hmm. I was a little jealous of y'all that y'all got an opportunity to be <laughs> raised by that. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? But one thing that I saw in that, is in that service, I said, God, I want a wife that covers me like that. Yeah. Because the, the way I watched her cover your father and the stuff that he spoke about her and what everybody else spoke about, I said, I need that. Yeah, that, that's good. Yeah, I said, that's I need good. that. That's good I said, testimony. I need that. I need that. And then four months later, I launched this podcast. And I said, I'm going to get real intentional about it. Each episode ends with me writing a letter to my future wifey, uh, expelling things that that I desire and 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 talking about the the man that I am becoming because it's a work in progress. It's mm -hmm. a man that I am becoming and I will continue to become. And um, But that seed was first planted at that funeral. Yeah, that's awesome. And I was like, I want that. Thank you for telling that. me that. Yes. And so, uh, yeah, your mom's dope. Your dad's dope. Uh, your wife dope. Y'all just dope. Your sister dope. <laughs> we love you your too, sister man. Your sister dope. You, just, you know, Priscilla just dope. Y'all just dope. Y'all have a whole narcotics form because y'all so dope. Y'all just dope. Y'all dope. You want, you want, you want to spit something? You got, you got, you got a little piece you want to spit? spit. Oh, let's see. I'm you have anything about well, marriage relationships? Like, uh, you got one about manhood. I do have, I have a couple of manhood. Um, let's see if I can remember, because I ain't even thought about I know it. it. Um, a little bit of it. Yeah, just a little bit. Where are the men? Because these days, it seems like we're not around. I mean, we're around. We're just not around. Because most men choose to be more like the abominable snowman, footprints everywhere, but nowhere to be found. We live in a generation of boys that are being raised to be men, just like their mothers. Because 70% of them in the African-American community don't even have fathers. And 40% rising in the Anglo community don't even have fathers. So I'm just saying we're around. We're just not around. Spending all of our time in a community that we won't change because, simple, we're just not around. We're called to be mothers, fathers, leaders, protectors, nurturers, providers. And many of us don't even realize that when women are doing all of that, they're operating all outside of their created being. And then you and I. We want to take him to the counselor and tell the counselor that she won't submit. Submit? Submit to what? Submit to a man who himself will not submit? Well, that's an automatic contradiction. And besides, it'll definitely create friction. We were called to submit like Jesus is submit to the Father. You remember that. So I'm going to stop there. I'm going to drop their social media handles uh, below. Listen, uh, yeah. thank y'all so much for blessing this podcast. Uh, 
Y'all some dope individuals. Are y'all gonna be doing anything from a couple standpoint, writing some books as a as a married? We couple? might. We've like, been talking about it, thinking yeah. about it. We done. We did this podcast. Give us a chapter. Yeah, y'all finna do. So it. we're gonna take that. Give me that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We'll put it out there. It's gonna be a chapter. Yeah. Um, y'all but need yeah, to do that. so we 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 love kind of just working together and being able to do this and encourage people. And pouring into marriages. Pouring into yeah. marriages is big for us and being able to use that as a testimony. So, yeah. y'all just follow us and. Um, if you follow us, you're going to follow Christ. There it is. So that's what social media is for us. They don't get no better than that. Before I let go, Kanika, did you ever want to be a first lady? No. Oh, yeah. She was no. like, what, what do you do? Yeah. <laughs> what do you do again? And oh, really no. What's funny is when we met, he never wanted to be a minister. <laughs> he would like, be a football he, player. He huh? down said, I'm never going to seminary. I'm not doing that. <laughs> Anything my dad was doing, I was like, I'm not doing that. <laughs> So I'm not doing them run as far away yeah, as possible. So, but God there likes you go. when you say that. He loves it. He be like, <laughs> mm. <laughs> there you go. You've a whole pastor. She brought she a whole first lady. Well, thank y'all so much for joining us on the Dear Future Wiping Podcast. Thank you so much, Jonathan and Kanika. I really enjoyed having you. Thank you. Discover, uncover, recover love with the new Dear Future Collection. The journey starts from within. Let your inner thoughts find freedom on the pages of this richly hued Dear Future Blue Sapphire Edition Genuine Leather Journal. It features a cross-stitched spine and luxurious cording to bind your deepest insights. A great accompaniment is the Dear Future Luxury Bamboo Fountain Pen. There's nothing more intentional than the writing process of a fountain pen. This is an elegant writing work of art. Join the thriving community of fountain pen enthusiasts and purchase one today. These exclusive items and more are available at dearfuturewifey.com. Man, when I tell you this episode blessed my soul, and I hope it blessed you as well, because it was extremely powerful. Well, here's uh, my favorite part where I manifest my future wifey. Yeah. Yeah, I really enjoyed that one. Dear future wifey, I will serve you with humility. I will research ways to dissect your heart to extract all the pain, the fears, the insecurities, and inject my love, comfort, and a safe place to bear your soul in matrimony. You are my long-awaited, beyond all human imagination, queen of the ages i fantasize about you often how we'll fit like a hand in the glove and move in sync we'll move in tandem i look forward to our usage of possessive pronouns like my your and ours i can't wait to hold you as our bodies become intertwined like a pretzel our skin will embody the ndire lyrics i love your brown skin I can't tell where yours begins. I can't tell where mine ends. Baby, let me love you. Release years of doubt and embrace your future. I am your future. Your future hubby. Thank you for listening to the Dear Future Wifey podcast. Remember, be lit. Live intentionally and transparently. And don't stop loving. Make sure to subscribe to our Dear Future Wifey YouTube channel. We're available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and Stitcher. We welcome your support. Simply share our podcast with your friends and family.